when I was out there screwing on number plates and fitting number plate frames and cutting up uh, mats, they had rubber mats. Mm -hmm. They had this like one size fits all rubber mat. And you just cut it down. Cut it down to the right car. Right. And when I was doing all of this, one of my bosses whispered into my ear, he said, never get good at the little jobs. Salesmarketingprofit.com. Real world case studies. No theory, just real results. You're listening to SMP with James Schramko and Taki Moore. G'day, Taki. G'day, mate. How are you? How's that? I thought I'd throw you with the new intro. Well, I think it was awesome. I was busy just kind of looking out to sea and uh, didn't realize we were on, but hey, it's lovely to be here. Well, welcome back to the uh, seaside villa we call The Lab. And today we're talking about a sales marketing profit. Case study. Case study. Yeah. It's your turn today. Well, let's bring it on then. Bring it. All right. So client's name's Raj. He's a, just a legend. In fact, you've met Raj. Met Raj, sat beside him, shook his hand. Good dude. He's got a great smile. He does. Actually, he does have a good smile. He's in a really interesting business. He does done-for-you marketing for lawyers, email newsletters and stuff like that. Super organized and systemized. Great guy. Lives in San Francisco. And if you're a lawyer listening to this, then you should check him out because he's really handy. Where would we check him out? Practicealchemy.com. Okay. Is his site. Uh, good guy. So uh, he came from a legal practice background himself, you know, was a lawyer and saw that, you know, the more successful you get in that game, it's really hard to scale because it's like a, a traditional coaching business. It's time for money. Have you also found that in industries like that, they've got their very hard fused way of doing things yeah. and they are resistant to doing things the way online marketers do it. Like they always default to a face-to-face -face meeting. Yeah, exactly. They charge by the hour. All these things. I think they charge by the six-minute increment, actually. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they do. <laughs> so, Raj, great dude. He's he's come from this business which is time for money and, and unscalable where the lawyer is like the superhero. And most coaching businesses and info businesses are a bit like that too, you know, where the business is me. Uh, where you're the superhero, which is nice for your ego and not good for scale, really. Um, and so he, when he left that to set up his new business, he really wanted the business to be independent of him. So if you look at his current business, he's got a done-for-you marketing for lawyers, but he's also got a coaching program as well, which uh, maybe we'll talk about a little bit uh, down the track. It's pretty killer. He's built an entire three-year curriculum coaching business for for lawyers, you know, $1,500 a month without his physical presence required. So like Raj is the... If I don't have to be there and I can just drink coffee and not talk to people, I'm really happy. That's kind of his personality. So it's a good business if you were an introvert. It's a great introvert business. And this is, is this the before business, before you got messing with his business? Well, he started his, like he's done for, he's been going for a little while. But what he did in the time since we've met, he's completely kind of scaled himself out of delivery and out of sales. And now he's just doing some content creation and he's kind of oversees the marketing. So uh, his idea was, uh, you know, he's doing 40, 50 hours a week, capped, you know, capped kind of revenue right now. I uh, wanted to build something much more leveraged because the problem was, you know, if I keep going this way, I'm going to be burnout. I can't scale. And uh, when we were talking, he said, well, I, you know, I see most of the people around me and they've either hit the wall or they can see the writing on the wall that we can't scale this thing up. You know what I mean? Yep. So Really straightforward. In terms of the framework, there's kind of two ideas overlaid. Mm -hmm. The main thing is just kind of if the first thing was just breaking your business down into three component chunks, you know, attract and convert and deliver. So attract is how do we generate the leads, warm them up to the point where they're, you know, an eight, nine or 10 in terms of how likely they are to sign up and give you money. 
Um, convert is taking a prospect from you know curious to committed, you know, giving you the cash, and deliver is how do you deliver the service? Yep. So we took that, you know, kind of it's the thing that Black Belt's built on, and then overlaid a little idea that he got from Dan Sullivan. Oh, I've heard this idea. Yeah, uh, about the the process is kind of make it up, make it real, make it recur. Okay, let's break that down. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> you say it's so nice and smooth and fast, but I think if you're listening to this for the first time... This is a big idea. Yeah, make it up. Yeah, so imagine there's three people involved in this process. There's you, the business owner, yep. and your job's to make it up. You know, have the great ideas and figure out what you want. Yep. Then you're going to take that idea and hopefully pass it on to a project manager to give you some help, and their job's to make your idea, you know, the idea that you made up, make it real, make it happen. Yep. And so their job is to kind of build the system out and show you, hey, is this what you wanted, boss? Yes, that's exactly what I wanted. And then pass it on to the team, a you know, process manager, and their job is to make it recur, happen again and again and again. Because so systems, SOPs, checklists. Exactly. In such a way that they can run it and they don't need to go, hey, what does that mean again? Right. So if we were in like a sporting situation, it's about saying, hey, I've got an idea, I'll, I'll just grab this ball yeah, and then I'm going to throw it to someone and they can run it to the try line and then in, now you know what to do, guys, just keep doing that. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. Uh, exactly. So, so what he's done is he's gone, okay, well, I've got to attract and convert and deliver on my business and what if I just focused on each of those in turn and under delivery? Like here's what I want it to be together with his, you know, his project team, kind of make it real, here's how we want it and then systemize it so now that whole thing can scale and, and he's out of delivery. And then how do we do the same thing for sales? And so in the last three or four months, uh, Raj completely got himself out of out of sales. The business is still growing heaps because he's got salespeople now running and selling as well as he did. This is a lot like the task transfer we were talking about on a recent episode. Yeah. You identify a task, you do it, and then shove it off to someone else. Yep, exactly right. And so he said, uh, you know, my number one job is to get myself out of a job, which is awesome. Yep. So we should always be trying to make ourselves redundant if we want a really good business. Yeah. So an awesome business is one that, that works when you're not there. Right. And so people say, you know, you should have your business set up so you can sell it. Well, I don't want to sell it. That's cool. But you've got options. And, you know, if it's ready enough that you could sell it if you wanted to, then it's ready enough for you to take a holiday to the Maldives if you want to as well and the business goes fine. And you can also just do the stuff you want to do. Exactly. Like you might set up a restaurant. You could have it fully staffed and be at arm's length. Or you, you might- make incredible dishes. You might be there in, in the kitchen making a dish or you might be pulling- Coffee, so you might be the, the, the front of house guy. The front of house, having a laugh. Totally. It, that might float your boat. It, totally, it might make your percolator perk. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's the thing. I think, I think that idea of being able to choose the bits you want to do is really important. Most of us kind of start a business and then if we're not careful and we don't have some, maybe some help or some guidance, we end up doing everything. And even when you kind of hire a team, if you looked at all of the stuff you did, like the task transfer we talked about a week or two ago, if you look at all those post-it notes under your name, there's probably some post-it notes that, frankly, if you were starting from scratch, you go, actually, I don't want to do that job anymore. Let's give it to somebody else. Yeah, there's some things you have to do in the beginning. And then I think half the trick is remembering to pass a job on when it's past its use-by date. Yeah. It's like just it's like going through your refrigerator and doing a stock take. Completely. Saying, hey, let's check all the expiry labels here and see if we're still on track. Yeah. And sometimes you look at a task and think, Dude, this is a bit I've like older yogurt. Been doing it for five years. It's yeah, don't just, want to do that anymore. I just, I just can't do it. It'd be like, like, yeah, like staring down a three-month-old tub of yogurt with stuff growing on it. And Brian Tracy's voice saying, "Eat that frog," <laughs> in your ear. <laughs> Eat that frog. You got to be a Canadian sort of a 
twist on it. So let's talk about it in terms of actions. Yeah, really simple. Guiding philosophies, I want to be out of a job. That's my number one job is to not have a job. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's gone. If you think about your your business like the three-legged stool, you know, attract and convert and deliver, you've got to have them all working. So for each one, and he started with deliver first, uh, list out all the tasks that A, need to have happen, and B, when you actually list them out, it gives you an opportunity to go, well, that's how I've been doing it. But now that I'm looking at it, we could do this or this or this. Why do you think you start with delivery instead of the attract first? It's different for every business. That's also how you build a webinar, isn't it? Start with the end in mind yeah. and work back. Is yeah. that your typical default? Actually, uh, we I tend to scale whichever piece is the bottleneck first. So one of our early episodes, we had George, who was doing uh, you know six days a week, 13 hours a day coaching. There's no point working on marketing or sales because he can't. He's got a delivery bottleneck. So it's theory of constraints. It's theory of constraints. We just go for the bit that's blocking everything, clear that, and that will give us a really fast result. Yeah, correct. And so Raj wants to be the guy. I think there's kind of two things that most entrepreneurs don't delegate or don't abdicate. It's it's money in, money out. It's checkbooks and it's marketing. And so uh, I think uh, in his case, he's gone, delivery is a a potential bottleneck. If I want to scale this up, let's get some help there. And then sales and then marketing is kind of what he's working on right now. So the the steps are, you know, number one, just list out all the tasks which are involved in that step. Figure out how you want it to be. I think your job is in the make it up piece is really kind of create it in your head and then communicate it to a, a staff member. Number two, you make the make it real piece is go, that's the vision, got that, let's build it out and kind of prototype it, you know, version 1.0 of how I want it. And one of the key elements of that is to have all the stakeholders involved. Completely. You know, in a complex environment, like when I was at the dealership, that might involve having a salesperson, a pre-delivery manager, a stock controller, an accountant, the sales manager, the service manager, and the parts manager in the room at the same time. And normally they're kind of siloed off in departments. Exactly. Well, what we did is we actually process mapped from the time someone bought a car to when they picked it up. And all these things had to happen, even little things like carpet mats having to be fitted to it, or it had to be polished, or it had to be paid for. Yeah. Little things like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> little stuff like so get it, the money. It helped to have every single stakeholder involved in the entire process in the room at the same time to and you basically say what do you, what's your requirement for this process what would have to happen for your involvement and you put all those things together and then you can literally flowchart out or exactly. timeline out the whole Make process it like use your post it note on the windows yep. uh, however you do it you line them all up and then you come with your first draft document and then you uh, basically then you turn on the machines and you run a, a, a job through it yeah now this is even if you're listening to this and you're like well that's great James and Taki, but I don't have a team. Dude, this is how you get a team. Well, I actually prototyped on the race course by Solo. myself. Yeah, yeah 100%. I just, just figured out the steps, ran it through over and over until I felt I had a good enough system. And then I sat down with my team and then I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Here's what I've come up with, but feel free to modify it because I don't care what you do. I want the outcome. This is why we're doing it. This is the result that would deem it a success. Yep. How you do it is completely up to you. Yeah, 100% right. So focus a lot more on, on the why and the result you want. Yeah. Leave the how up to the people doing it because yep. they'll often have better ideas than you do. Yeah, especially because, you know, they're the guy who's putting in the car mats or, or whatever the girl. it is. Or the girl. Yeah, the dudette. Yeah. I think the, the female car mat installer business is a really lucrative niche to people should There's plenty of females in the parts department. Is that in right? In the motor industry. Well, thanks yeah, for enlightening me. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> Thank you. I actually learnt another little secret trick. Go. When I was out there screwing on number plates and fitting number plate frames and cutting up uh, mats, I had rubber mats. Mm-hmm. They had this like one size fits all rubber mat. And you just and cut you it down. cut to it the... down to the right car. Right. 
And when I was doing all of this, one of my bosses whispered into my ear, he said, never get good at the little jobs. Yes. In genius. other words, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to master this craft. No. I'm like, hey, Barry, could you help me fit these number plate frames? I've burred the, the screws on the last one. <laughs> I've done the same thing at home. I'm worried I'm going to just sort of miss the plate and go through the bumper bar. Yeah, sure, James. So any, hey, Barry, any chance you could do that? And by the time- Pretty I, soon, it's like, hey, James, I put the bumper bar- I put Exactly. The bumper I, just, exactly. I basically got out of the job by not being too good at it. So the quote was, never get too good at the little jobs. Yeah. I think that's a great quote. Yeah. I, uh, and so, I don't cook. I don't clean. I mean, I had a, a, a massive revelation the other day. We- in our web team, I said, listen, can we just see that we're using the right theme to build on? We use Genesis. Yeah, right. So we did a Divi versus Genesis comparison. Mm. Apparently, Divi is easier to use for the DIY. Yeah, right. Genesis is a little more complex, yeah. but probably better SEO, etc. And what I found when we published it is how many customers are doing their own websites. Yeah. It shocked me. They're all like, oh, I prefer Divi because I'm a tweaker and a tinkerer. And I'm like... Dude, Uh-oh. your job is to bring in the These bucks. These people are getting too good at the small jobs. Yeah, they have lost their brain. They're web developers, part-time web yeah, developers. Yeah, part-time, not very good web developers. They're probably not running workshops. Webinars, selling stuff, yeah. OTRing. Exactly, because they're stuck in that $100,000 a year job mode. Well, yeah, well, it reminds me a lot of uh, John Carlton talking about Operation Money Suck. Your job is to bring in the cash, not fix the photocopier or, you know what I mean? A gun to the head, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be tinkering or tweaking. You're totally not. And by the way, I did it in my first- So did I. I totally did. I totally did. I can't tell you how many hours I wasted on- I my first website. It was freaking disgusting. font and and color palettes and all the stuff that makes no difference at all in the beginning. Yeah. Anyway, back on track. He's got his SOPs happening. Yeah. So number one, list out the tasks. Number two, figure out how you want them to be. Uh, next, pass them on from make it real to make it recur. You need to SOP it up, you know, de- design the system. And then third thing, because he wants to keep track of the thing, is to build a dashboard which says uh, what's working, what's not. You know, are we green, it's going well, like a traffic light? Are we exactly. red, it's broken, or are we orange, you know, getting quick before it turns red? Exactly. So his job now is to kind of manage the system, not manage the people. Taki, I know someone will be asking. Yep. Taki, what dashboard system do you use? Uh, bzzz, not my exper- <laughs> not my area of expertise. Really? There's a whole bunch. Yeah, totally not. I just don't care about that stuff. Um, well, in our business, we just figure out what numbers matter. Yep. And incidentally, on a daily basis, not one of them is a dollar amount. Mm-hmm. So I have, my VA sends me through a little screenshot each day with five or six numbers yep. that help me know if the business is healthy or not. Mm-hmm. And each of them- Are they lead or lag indicators? Like they're- They're lead indicators. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of lag indicators. Okay. So things like how many visitors we had to the website in the last 30 days. Is a great lead indicator. In yeah. other words, it's an indicator that says exactly. it comes in advance of getting the big result you want. Right. And then we have how many jobs are over 30 days to deliver because mm-hmm. we're on a recurring subscription. Every time we don't deliver within 30 days, it puts pressure on the customer to think, uh-huh. oh, I haven't even got my first lot of stuff. Yeah. What we found, though, is a lot of it. Most of it's waiting on the client. Yeah, all of them. This. Yeah, Every of single one yeah, of them. Of it so is. it helps us develop better systems for getting stuff from the client. One of the big things we changed was we get all the information first before we let them buy the product. Yeah, right. As soon as we changed that, it halved that number. I bet it did. But we used to think it meant that we needed more team members, but we got a few more team members and it didn't change the number. So having some really smart numbers help a lot. 
Other ones we do is we have how many current members do we have in our subscription? Yep. Because that, you know, obviously it correlates to dollars. It totally does. And we just benchmark the last five working days and then this time last month. Yep. And I can see instantly. Are we trending up? Are we stagnant? Exactly. And now each manager sends a traffic report. Mm -hmm. into It's a capacity measurement. Okay. Green, orange, or red. Yep. Red means we just don't have enough staff. We've run out of capacity. Orange means we're pushing the limit. Yeah. Green means all good to go. Throw more stuff at us. Go yeah. and do some ads. Run some marketing. Awesome. Send us some customers. And that's how we run. So that's it, good. I suggest that you do have a dashboard. And I so don't the dashboard think- could be some fancy software. Frankly, it could be like I just we just get five numbers a week. Oh, yes, it could be. Kind of, it what could are the be kind of five key numbers? It could be analytics. Yep. It could be uh, any one of those dashboards that pulls in stuff. But I think people are often looking at the wrong stuff. They're yep. getting, getting obsessed with the wrong things. Agreed. So if you've got a recurring subscription business, you want to be looking at things like churn. If you have uh, a service business, you want to be looking at fulfillment type things yep. and have something that relates to how much your marketing is working so that you can dial on and off with your capacity. Totally. So he's got his dashboard. Yeah, and so now he's able to kind of manage the – yeah, manage the traffic lights, not have to manage the people. So here's the here's the kind of the cool part. He's gone from 40, 50 hours a week, you know, capped yep. to three hours a week, which is That's a fair trade. <laughs> a fair trade, exactly. You reckon he'd notice the difference. I think he's totally noticed the difference. You know, that nice smile that you mentioned earlier is kind of wider, spending heaps of time with his, you know, with his fan. But uh most of all he's kind of he's out of delivery and delivery is getting done right. Which yep. is awesome. Like it's ha- like I've seen some of the back end systems, and it's it's just a machine. It's gorgeous. Uh, what's cool about it is it's freed up his time now to work on big, important, strategic stuff. Now he's got like he's got his whole week. He can focus on growing, yeah, and not just kind of you know keeping up. So he's down to three hours. He's got kind of up to eight, I think, full time staff right now, and the business is scaling. And so the you know the big takeaway really is think entity, not personality. Was his his kind of takeaway? Have this kind of entity mentality. I'm building a business, not a Raj show. Oh, and people want to belong to a cause. They want to be part of something bigger than just us. Yeah. In any successful business, people want to be on a mission. Yeah, they want to do something big that matters. Yeah. But not they don't want to be on a wall placard, though. Not one of those stupid, waffly, our Oh, yeah, our mission is, is to, to maximise shareholder value and serve del- in a <laughs> deliver, exceed customer expectations. In a harmonious way, we endeavour to synergise the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> not that. Not they mean, like they want to feel like they're doing something. And if you look at uh, like uh, Zero to One by mm-hmm. Peter Thiel, he talks a lot about people will really throw themselves at a huge cause. Like they were that PayPal mafia. They wanted to have a better better way of transferring value than the banking systems on offer. And they, awesome. they believed in it. Yeah, they totally did. It seemed did. outrageous that you could take on the banks. Credit, credit card companies, and they beat them with PayPal. Yeah, it's outrageous. So mm. let's let's extract some juice from this. What are the yeah, so real Raj, lessons here? Raj said, um, number one, build it to scale before you need to scale. So uh, he went through a period where the business was growing, but he's reinvesting into systems and stuff. So now he's built a, like he's he's on a mission to grow this into twenty million dollars a year. He's pretty excited. Exactly. Good example of this. A member of my community was starting a brand new product, mm. and she thought she'd start or had some advice from someone. Started a low price point. Okay. And I said, "Why don't you start at your eventual price point? Because that'll leave you margins to hire contractors, so that you don't have to do the stuff." Right. And she said, "Point taken." And started at the higher price and sold straight off the bat yeah. anyway. So often we're a bit sort of we we think we're going to start 
on the sort of the weak ass version of something when we should start as we wish to continue. Yeah, we totally should. So if you want to build this thing so it can scale, let's not build it around you and your time and your effort. Let's build it around systems and IPC can scale it up. And you can factor this out in a spreadsheet. You can work out your fixed costs, your totally. variable costs, your marketing acquisitions, and and you can actually decide before you even start the business if it's going to be a good one or not. Right. In advance. Yeah, in advance. Spreadsheets are very handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything that allows you to kind of peer into the future and know, hey, I'm uh, heading the right direction, we're you know, or if I made a big mistake, it's smart. Okay. Lesson number two. Number two, uh, package and systemize. So specifically, like when you go from make it up to make it real, you want to, you know, you want to document the whole thing, work out, you know, not just how do you want it to be and what does it look like if it's done and done well, but then what are the baby steps along the way? What are the micro steps? Document the whole thing so you could literally give it to somebody and they could run it. Much like a blueprint for a building. Totally. You'd hate to think you're in a building that, doesn't have a blueprint, right? Especially this high up off the ground where we <laughs> are right now. It could be awkward. It could be, uh, um, couldn't, may not even work. But think about before they ever buy the materials for the building. Yeah, the whole thing is the whole thing's mapped out right down to you know where the door. Right down to what place. what screws we're going to use on exactly. That. Yeah, think it through first, plan it, map it, and then create. Yeah, you want to be a bit like uh, was it Neo in the Matrix? How they, you know, they kind of quick load the jump program and they, or the, the fight program and they kind of installed Kung Fu in his head with like with a USB in the back of his head. You want to be like that with your team. You can't USB the back of their head if you don't have the thing documented in the first place. And number three was just leverage early, leverage often, you know, get help with this stuff. Otherwise, you're going to quickly find out you're at the place where, uh, yeah, where you personally are at the red light where there's just no more capacity. Leverage is an often bandied about term. Do you want to just give us a simple definition of it? Yeah. So I don't know what the textbook definition, but mine is that you can do the minimum amount of effort to get the biggest bang for your biggest return. Give us some examples of things that lever. Yeah. So I can have a one-on-one sales appointment with somebody, spend 60 or 70 minutes, maybe, maybe a tiny bit longer if we talk slow. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. No. So let's say we, we have an hour and I'm sitting down with one prospect. At the end of the hour, maybe I sign a client and maybe I don't. Now, you know, if you've got sales skills, you probably will. If you don't, you probably won't. But I can take the same hour and then go, okay, what if I ran a webinar? And I could have 300 people on the line and I can sign 40 clients or 50 clients or whatever, you know? So that's one example of leverage. You can leverage through people. So as Raj has done, he's got a bunch of delivery people who are you know, delivering his service. He's got uh, a couple of sales guys now delivering the service. So you can leverage through people. You can leverage through technology. Anything that allows you... The same or less effort to get a bigger or better return, I think that's that's leverage. Nice definition. Thanks. So what are we prescribing in this show? Well, I think the kind of – if you break down – I think there's kind of two steps here. First thing is if we just look at your business as as a uh, as a stool, a three-legged stool with attract, convert, and deliver being your three legs, which of these legs is the, the wobbly one right now? Which is the one where you've got a bottleneck? And let's just focus in on that one first. Right. So start with the, the easy win. Well, yeah, it's the easy, it's A, it's the easy win, but it's also the, if you did the other ones first, your business kind of breaks. Yeah. And you can actually cause yourself bad reputation if you yeah, yeah, scale yeah. too fast or totally. you get all these customers and can't deliver. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're uh, too quick to market, you just teach people quicker that you're not any good. <laughs> yeah. You like, why would you do that? That's accelerate bad... the damage. So yeah. it's such a fine balance, isn't it? We, most people seem to obsess on the acquisition part. That's yeah. like 99% of, marketing discussions is about how do I get more how do I get where more? do I get leads where do I get customers out you know then a bit on the conversion how and do almost I nobody them? thinks about the delivery which is mental delivery is where it's at it's totally where I it's actually at. think it's easy to sell stuff and it's harder to deliver stuff because there's not as much material on it and people don't talk about it and they have no knowledge around this completely so I think this has been a little mini class 
It's been a mini masterclass. I don't know if that cancels out to be just a class. <laughs> so I think it probably does. It's, a, it's like if you divide and multiply. It's all about delivery and leverage this episode. So been... one of the things that we've just done in our biz is map out the first 100 days of a new client. Right. And you know, heaps of different touch points. Like at this phase, what would you be thinking and feeling? So what do we need to do to make sure that you've got what you really need there? And we've just focused like literally 90 days on – yeah, you know, the last 90 days in our business on the first 100 days of a new client. And this, this is called the onboarding Yeah, process. so how do you on-ramp a client, right? So you're right. You can focus on attract and convert if that's where your hole is right now. But if your hole is, you know, what? If I, if I did double my lead flow, my business dies because I can't deliver, well, let's fix that. One first. of the questions I have in my diagnostic for students is if we 10x your business, what breaks? Yeah, I asked exactly the same question. Oh, well, and the answer is almost always me. <laughs> It's, it's usually going to find you the constraint fairly yeah. quickly. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to load up these case study notes. This has been real, Taki. They're all killer, this one. Aren't they always? Mostly. They're mostly all killer. <laughs> but it's okay to put some personality in there from time to time. Totally. All killer, no filler, asterisk. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, this has been fun. I can't wait to dig into your episode uh, next week. And uh, we'll see you on episode, I think, 28 next week. Wow. We're yeah. getting there. Totally. So uh, Almost at 100. yeah well if i didn't travel so much and i was more consistent then i I reckon we'd probably be there now so listen if you want to download the notes from today's case study about how raj went from 40 50 hours down to three then go to salesmarketingprofit.com and we're looking for episode 27 is where to go see ya catch ya you're listening to smp with james franco and talking more visit salesmarketingprofit.com